Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, look at this. Write this down this morning. You say, well, how do I get a blessing out of that? You'll watch it as it goes. Because, see, I can't do that in my own strength. I've been a Christian 69 years. I still can't do that in my own strength. I want to get even because they hurt me. But notice, if we return good for evil, God will bless us. Why? Because we're obeying him. I'm doing the right thing. Nobody wants to be treated wrongly. Nobody, no matter how much God has worked on us, our natural tendency is to strike back. Fortunately, as we spend more time reading and absorbing God's word and spending time in prayer, the urge to retaliate does diminish. As Pastor Mark has taught, our primary role on earth is to make Jesus look good. Going through trials with grace and dependence on God, not hitting back when we're hit, These are the things that gets the world to notice the difference God has made in our lives. Difficult though the lessons may be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 3 with part 1 of his message, How to Do Life Regardless of Circumstances. Now, we discovered that we are people of influence. People are watching you. They're looking to see how you live. In our families, our children are watching us. They're looking to see how you live. So we're people of influence. Now, as Christians, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, is all about one word, different. Not better, but different. And Jesus taught that as Christians, our lifestyle will be different. And that causes people, especially when there's difficult circumstances in our life, to look at us and go, how can you go through that when I have the same circumstances and I can't seem to get through that? And you'll see that Peter talks at the end of our teaching today, that's the way we're a people of influence, that we live different and So the influence today moves from the family, like we talked about, into the local church. You here, you're influencing people here in the church. You're influencing visitors. We'll see how that looks. Look at verse 8. Peter writes it like this, 1 Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you. He's talking about the church of God. He's talking about Christians everywhere in the world, the body of Christ. Remember, finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Now look at this next word, love. And if you have in your Bible and you like to write in it, one another. I'll get back to that. Be compassionate and be humble. 
Notice the church was designed by God like our body. Our arm, our hand needs our shoulder. Our legs need our hips. Our brain needs to control our heart. All those things work together. That's the way the church operates. Now, notice I ask you to circle love one another. There are over 50, we're talking about here in this campus, over 50 one another commands. They're not options. They're related to how we function together in a local campus. And of course, sometimes when we're all together for praise nights and things like that. How in the world? What are you doing with your relationships? Now, there are to be no lone rangers in the church. We're to function together. So when we come, it's encouraging to watch you guys come early, hang out, talk with other people, leave, have a cup of coffee, have breakfast, do whatever, talk, hang out, hang out during the week, come to the Thanksgiving time. All those things are related to that. The Bible gives us commands that are to do. Do these, and then commands that don't do these. I don't want you to copy these, but watch this. Do love, and we're talking about the person next to you, the person in front of you. Do love, receive, greet, you just did, submit, serve. Thousands of you are serving, you're serving the other Christians. Confess, forgive, and here's the big one we're going to talk about today. Encourage. Now, look at the next list. This is a little more difficult. Don't devour. Don't irritate. Don't be jealous. Don't speak evil. We'll unpack that one later. Don't lie. Don't provoke. And don't judge. When you see all of those together, it's talking about really one thing. I want you to write this down. Be of one mind and live in unity. Peter is not teaching uniformity. We're all robots here. No, we're we're very diverse. All of us have diverse gifts, diverse personalities. But the goal is to function together, together. Unity is a big deal in the local church. It allows us to focus on the Great Commission. Jesus said, here's the mission of the church. Seek and save that which is lost. See, God wants everybody to be in heaven. So all of us, if we stay on mission, we're we're focused that way. doesn't matter what the topic is. doesn't matter the passage. It all hangs around those things. Now, there's three priorities that the Bible gives us. Three. And it's the same all the way from beginning to end. God, people, and who do you have sitting next to you? Oh, this is a hard question. This is... Okay, let's pretend you just had your coffee and you're awake this morning. Who is sitting next to you, God or people? People, hello. And the third one is our time, how we manage our time. Now, the reason people are in the same passage as God, because you are going to live forever. Every person's going to live forever. And there's only two things that are eternal, the word of God and the people sitting next to you. So when we talk about one another, that's what we're talking about. And those focus points have to be there. And unity is the one that allows us to function together. Now, when the early church got started, they knew how important this was. Take a look at how the early church functioned. Peter 
who wrote this book, preached on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 Jewish people came to Christ. That was the beginning of the early church. Now, look how they did it. They were from all over the world because they were there for basically a Jewish celebration. And when they, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, 120 in the upper room, this is how the church started. Now, notice, all the believers, all of them, all 3,000, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they were into the word of God and to the fellowship. They were hanging with one another, one another, love one another, encourage one another, and to the sharing and meals. Come on over for lunch afterward. Maybe you should turn to your neighbor right now and say, come on over for lunch. Okay, let me just keep going. By the way, that can be very exciting. All kinds of stuff. Notice, and sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we do once a month, and to prayer. They function together. That's what the unity is. It is powerful. You are not designed to function alone. The early church understood one thing. Together is better. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say to them, by the way, there is a person next to you. Say to them, together with a smile on your face is better. Come on, right now, come on. Together is better. Now, how about if our campuses, you came today, and the pastor, I'm here, and in every campus, there's two people in the front row, and that's it. Look around you. Is this better? Some of you say, no, I just like to be like that. We'll have an altar call for you at the end, because together is, is better. Doing life together is better, and that's the way we're to function, as each individual churches, and then, of course, together. Now... You've already heard me say the word different, that we're to be different, and that doesn't mean we're better, we're just different, because Christ lives in us, and you've already heard me say the importance of people, and the next thing I'm going to ask you to say is a word, and the word is hard, hard. Let's say it together, hard. Today's teaching is, see, you didn't like that, did you? To be honest, I don't like it. But it's the word of God. So there's some hard things that we're going to have to learn together as we function through the word of God. I'm just kind of warning you. We're going to have fun, but it is hard. Now, look at verse 9. Here it begins. (laughs) Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with Blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Peter challenges every single Christian, all of us, when we're treated wrongly or someone insults us, whether it's a believer in the church or an unbeliever outside of the church, we can either return evil for evil or do what Peter teaches. Now, what is our natural tendency when somebody speaks against us, they lie about us, and they persecute us, they tell stories about us, is our natural tendency, oh, God bless you, come on over here. doesn't matter what you say. I just love you so much. You're, in fact, let me take you out for lunch. You can order anything on the menu. Praise God. Is there anybody here like that? Would you just stand? There's five in Melbourne. See, it's a different campus down there. 
No, no, it isn't. We're all the same. That's like totally again. What do I want to do? I want to get even. Could I hear an amen? Yeah, I, I want to get even. Come on now. I, I'm not a fighter because I'm too short. I'll just find a way to get even though, baby. I can get even. I want to get even. Peter says, no, you're to return good for evil. Now, when I pay them back, I just bless them. I pray for them. I say something good about them. And then I just leave it to God. Now, let me ask you a question. And I know what your answer is going to be. Is this hard to do? Now, you could say it with a little enthusiasm. Yes. Is this hard to do? Is it very hard to do? Yes, 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 yes. But when God asks us to do something, you'll see this in a little while. When we're different than the world, because the world is going to what? Get even. The world's going to get even. When we're different, at some point, it will begin to open doors to other people who are going to say, how do you do that? When we're going through a trial, when we're going through a great sickness, and we can kind of come on top of it, the world is looking at us because they know we're different. We're not perfect. We're far from it. But we're different. That is the open door that Peter's going to talk about at the end. So notice this. When we pay back good for evil, it's simply the right thing to do. That's what God says. And second, God will bless us. Now, look at this. Write this down this morning. You say, well, how do I get a blessing out of that? You'll watch it as it goes. Because, see, I can't do that in my own strength. I've been a Christian 69 years. I still can't do that in my own strength. I want to get even because they hurt me. But notice, if we return good for evil, God will bless us. Why? Because we're obeying him. I'm doing the right thing. Now, verse 10 is an interesting verse. Let me read it out of the living translation for you first. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, basically it says this, then live like this. And I'm going to unpack this. For us, here in the New Living Translation, it says, for whoever would love life and see good days, do this. And I'll get to the this in a moment. All of us have heard people say this. I hate my life. I dread this life. All of us, when we've gone through very difficult times, physical, mental, emotional, divorce, sickness, all kinds of surgeries, things aren't fair, life is never fair, you know, life isn't fair. We've all said this too. God, really? Is this the way life's supposed to be? Come on. One day, Solomon Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, richest man in the world, goes down every single row he can to find purpose and meaning in his life. And one day in Ecclesiastes 3.17, he says this, so I hated life. Everything is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. You see, that's because Solomon was trying to do life without God. He could go down every road of life, 
finances, money. Remember, a thousand wives and concubines. He had buildings. He built gardens. He got educated. He did every road of life he could without God. And notice what he says here. Listen, life is meaningless. It's like trying to catch the wind. He said, I hate life. I dread it. Well, some of you here, you don't love your life. It's because you don't have God. It's impossible to enjoy life without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's impossible. God designed it that way. He put that in our heart because we're empty, lonely, guilty, and we're afraid of death. Now, watch how this verse pays off. You say, well, Pastor Mark, is life supposed to be good? Is life supposed to be long? Is life supposed to be loved? Yes. Look at these verses. You know this verse, John 10, 10. I have come, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it, have it to the, what? Full. Have life. Love life. So God offers us the benefit as Christians of enjoying a life that I love in spite of the circumstances, and it's going to be a long, and notice, a good life. That's the benefit we get. Now, the Bible is filled with principles, how that works, what that looks like. But Peter's already entered some. These are some ways for you and I to love life, live in unity with one another. If you've ever been on the outs with a person, it's uncomfortable. If something's happened and your relationship isn't right with a person, it's very uncomfortable. If it's in the home, it is very uncomfortable because husband and wife are living on the edge of the bed. You know what I mean? Anybody here know it? Don't even raise your hand. Uh, we live on the edge of the bed because we're not getting along. And all of a sudden we turn over and we're on the floor and the spouse goes, <laughs> and that makes it better. No, see, unity is huge. Now notice. I'm supposed to have compassion with one another. When you and I are going through very difficult things, God uses that to help other people. We see that ministry all through life. 20 years ago, this December, I had four-way bypass. I always looked like this. No history, no nothing. But you know, after God took care of me, by the way, nothing's ever happened to me in the last 20 years. Just God just kept me in health. Just kept me in health. So I'm here challenging you with hard stuff. Somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, why didn't he just take you home? It would be easier than listen to this sermon. Don't you say that to me. You know what I did for a long time? I can't do it now because of time. When someone in the church was going in for bypass, I was there the day before. I had compassion. Why? Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Same thing with all of you. A divorce, an abortion, child dies, all those things. We have compassion. Next. Be tender-hearted, not hard-hearted to one another. See, hard-hearted comes from unforgiveness. Live in humility, don't be prideful. And here's the one we just talked about. If I'm going to have a long life, I have to learn to return good for evil because lots of crud is going to come to us. Now, look what he says. He gives it even more. Look at verse 10. Whoever would love life, look in your Bibles, and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful 
speech. This comes from the Old Testament, Psalms 34, 12 through 15. I won't read it because it's exactly what Psalm says. There's another one that's good. Look at Proverbs 13, 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin anything. Anybody understand that last line? How many of you have said something with, that was stupid. How many have ever, you finished an email, somebody's wrote you, and you wrote him an email back. And you went, and you get on the phone, you're at work. Is the IT department open? How, how can I capture an email I just sent without them getting it? Oh, there's no way. Am I hitting home with anybody out there? I'm hitting home with everybody out there. Look at this. Let me listen, listen to Benjamin Franklin. A slip of the foot, you can soon recover. But a slip of the tongue, you may never get over. See, our words are powerful. There's life and death in our words. And the tongue is part of that. It's a major influence. Now, the Bible tells us that the tongue isn't really the problem. The tongue is connected to the heart, not a physical heart, the real, the center of us. In fact, the scripture says, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. So our words reveal what we said in our hearts. Our tongues give us away. Now, I can't control my tongue, but I can let God control my heart. Here's what I want you to write down. We are to guard our hearts and our tongues, and we're to watch our words. See, if words become angry, bitter, hard-hearted in relationships and whatever, that affects us with long life. Many people have all kinds of diseases because there's sin, unforgiveness, hard heart in their lives. See, our body functions together. Our emotions have a lot to do with our health. And you will never enjoy life, no matter how many times you're healthy and you're running and everything's good, your perfect way. But if there's bitterness and anger and all those kind of things in our hearts, then we never enjoy it. If they pass in front of you, it just gets us going. It's horrible. And the Bible is very, very wise. Now, there's one other thing that I want to talk to you about. As you and I think about life, you and I cannot be negative, critical, complaining people. Don't judge. Realistically, unless we see some outward really big sin, I can't judge your heart and you can't judge my heart. Now, God can. That's not my role. That's God's role. Now, if I'm a critical, negative, complaining person, it looks like this. And here, I'll just tell you, if you're an optimist, you see the glass half full. If you're more of a pessimist, you see the glass half empty. That's your focus. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that's who I am. That's who my parents were. And I inherited it. And I'm going to be that to the end of my life. Today, Pastor Mark taught us some of the Bible's do's and don'ts. We were reminded of the fact that we are members of one of only two kingdoms, God's or Satan's. If we're members of God's kingdom, we're expected to behave in a certain way. If we don't obey God, there's no reason for us to anticipate that God will bestow blessings upon our lives. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching his message, How to Do Life Regardless of Circumstances. He will speak about one of the most dangerous weapons we have, our tongue. We'll learn the need to put a bridle on our tongue and to harness our hearts, which control our tongues. We will learn the reasons we should have an optimistic outlook about life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Living Life with Living Hope. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving